0: Praise the Lord everyone, it's a great day to be in Sunday school, I have thoroughly enjoyed our study through the book of Acts, it has been quite a blessing to me personally, I have uh, gleaned knowledge and information and seen things in a different perspective and uh, it's just been a blessing to me and I, I know that it has been a blessing to each of you. We're going to open up with prayer this morning. I invite you to pray with me over our time that we have together this morning. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that you have given to us to be here in this place today, gathered together in your name. I'm thankful, Lord, for the freedoms and liberties that we have to freely read and Speak of your word, Lord. I'm so thankful, God, that you have given us this wonderful church building to assemble together. I thank you for all of our church family. I pray, Lord, that you would help us and give us knowledge and revelation and wisdom through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Does anyone remember what chapter of Acts we left off of last week? Sister Gloria said, 10. We finished 10. That's right. We need to give her a prize. I might ask lots of questions this morning. But this this morning we're going to pick up in chapter number 11. And uh, a portion of chapter 11 is just a retelling of what happened in chapter 10. But does anyone remember the significance of... Of what exactly happened in Acts ten, there was a man by the name of Cornelius. Help you out a little bit, and what was significant about him and Peter and what happened there? Anyone care to? He was a Gentile, that's right, and Peter was a Jew, that's right. And Jews and Gentiles did not uh, mix; they did not uh you know linger together fellowship together they they avoided one another and uh this was teaching this was jewish teaching uh this was taught to them from the time that they were they were children that there was clean and there there was there was unclean there's clean beast and there's unclean beast there's clean humans and unclean humans and so this was drilled into them from the time that they were children and so Um, This was uh, very uh, shocking to uh, the Jews that that Peter, who had kind of become their their leader up to this point, and and now he is uh, being seen with Gentiles, uh, fellowshipping with Gentiles, preaching to Gentiles, praying for Gentiles. And so you can imagine what a shock this was Uh, to them in that time that they lived in and so we pick up at Acts 11 and 1 and the Bible says and the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God and when Peter was come up to Jerusalem they that were of the circumcision contended with him so you have to understand here that Peter had gone to Cornelius's house. He was down in Caesarea, and there we do not know exactly how long it was that he was there uh, tending to the Lord's business. But uh, some period of time had passed, and the Jews uh, in Jerusalem, Judea, in those places, they had heard what Peter had done, and so you can imagine, you have to kind of put your mind there in this scene, and there's no uh, phone calls, there's no emails, there's no text messages, and it's just word of mouth. And so word had reached back to the Jews that, that, hey, Brother Peter is down there, and he's doing the unimaginable. He's doing the unspeakable. He is mingling with Gentiles. He's been seen out in public with Gentiles. He's been seen in Gentiles' houses. He's been seen uh, laying hands on them and praying for them. He's been seen teaching uh, and preaching. And so you can imagine that there was probably uh, some rumors that had started. Maybe the story had grown. Uh, You know how things go when humans get involved uh, what really happened sometimes can grow and, and uh, can kind of uh, become more than what it really was. But, but the fact was that Peter, he had been mingling with Gentiles. He had been uh, seen with Gentiles and fellowshipping with Gentiles. And he had been seen doing the things that they weren't supposed to do. And so the Jews had had some time to think about this. They had had some time to talk about this. Um, they had had some time to maybe come up with a game plan and how they were going to approach Peter and how they were going to approach the matter and and probably they were, some were no doubt angry because Peter was doing the opposite of what th- was taught to them to do. Uh, he was in error, he was to them, he was in the wrong, he was uh, just doing the the unthinkable, and so we find here that it says, "When Peter came up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him." That's the Jews. That's those that uh, were were in the covenant, right? That they had been circumcised. It was the covenant of of Abraham. They were. Authentic Jews. They were Jews through and through. They were covenant people. They were uh, ceremonial people. And the Bible says that they contended with him. And so you know that uh, the majority of the New Testament was written in Greek. And so oftentimes a word, one word translated from the Greek, that one Greek word can have so much meaning. There's it, it encompasses so much more than what uh we find here uh at the surface. And so when you when you look at the Greek meaning of this word contend, it, it means to separate, to discriminate, to prefer. Uh it means to set yourself against someone. It's it's literally to oppose, but it's with a hostile uh spirit. It's uh To dispute, and so we find here that these Jews were contending against Peter. They were they were in conflict with him. There was um, there was disagreement here because he was just doing the 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 unthinkable. He was doing uh, the 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 unimaginable, and so they were in contention for their belief. They were in contention for their point of view. They were in contention for what uh, they believe to be right. And so we look at this and we have to understand that it's very applicable even to our own life that we have to be very careful with the working of the Spirit and what the Spirit of the Lord is working and seeking to do because we can no doubt testify in our own life that we can see the workings of God, and we can see the workings of His Spirit. And oftentimes in our human mind, we begin to connect the dots the way that we think that they should be connected. We oftentimes begin to lay out uh, what it's going to look like in our mind, and we have these preconceived ideas and notions of the way that it's going to be. And sometimes when uh, it begins to go, the plan of God begins to go a little bit different direction than what we think it ought to be going we'll oftentimes put our hand to it and try to bring it back in or we'll try to uh put a roadblock and make it detour in a different direction and that's what the jews here were doing they did not quite uh fully comprehend and understand the working of the spirit the bible said earlier in the book of acts that the promises unto you and to your children and all them that are far off and we find that um In Acts 1 and 8, the Bible talks about it going to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so, when I think about this, and no doubt these Jews, these first um, believers in Jesus, the first recipients of baptism, repentance, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, I believe that in their mind that, that, I can't prove it, but I personally believe that in their mind that when they heard these words, they were probably thinking, uh or they were viewing this through their Jewish uh lenses. They were they were viewing this in a very uh Jewish uh perspective that that yes it was going to go to the other most parts of the earth but it was going to be Jewish. It was going to go into all nations, but it was going to be Jewish. But but Jesus was seeking to do something more than just that. It was going to go beyond uh just um geographical location but it was going to go to cultural uh locations cultural it was going to tear down barriers and boundaries and that God was going to show that his promise was for all people it was for whosoever will that the work of the cross was for all peoples all nations everywhere anybody whosoever will it's to them that Believe whoever should believe on the gospel of Jesus Christ and receive the promise. And so we have to take this and apply it to our own life and understand that that it's not going to always be to the pretty. It's not always going to be to those that that have everything just right in their life. Sometimes we think that uh, you know we can fall uh, prey to this this own trap of 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 this this thinking that that well god can never do it for them they just got too much chaos in their life there's just too much turmoil there's too many layers of of destruction and deception upon their life but but god can reach through god can touch what we deem impossible those things that in our mind we deem as dirty and unfit and unclean and incapable and unable it's those situations and those places and those circumstances and that environment that the spirit of God can move and so we have to make up in our own mind that I'm not going to contend with uh, for just what I think it needs to be or how I think it needs to be or how I think it needs to go but no I want to be like Peter and I want to feel after the spirit and I want to have spiritual sensitivity and be in tune with what the Holy Ghost is doing so that I can understand so that I can see what it is that God is trying to do what it is that he is desiring to do because the the, the truth is we can either be a, a unifier or we can be a disruptor. We can be in unity and in sync with the working of the Holy Ghost or we can be uh, in opposition and oppose and, and be a vehicle for uh, distraction and disunity in the church and in the body of Christ. I don't know about you, but I want to be a unifier. I want to be sensitive like Peter. I want to pray and seek and feel after the Holy Ghost. And, and if God says, hey, I got a word for those people. I want, you to go, I want you to go reach for them. I want you to go give them hope. I want you to, to preach to them and teach to them my word and what it is that I'm trying to do. I want to be sensitive enough that, that I allow God to move me in that direction and use me and work in my life because we know that God can do the impossible. So we find here that these people that they were they were they were contending, they were upset at the matter that that Peter would go into men that were uncircumcised, that they weren't of the covenant. They they weren't Jews, they weren't a part of the promise and they didn't quite understand that this promise was for everyone, that it was for all peoples and all nations, that it wasn't just for Jerusalem it wasn't just for the Jews and so Peter had rehearsed the matter from the beginning there's no doubt that he realized that hey when I go back and 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 see these people that they're not going to understand that they're they're not going to uh have it all put together the way that that God had put it together for me and so he had rehearsed this it was practiced in his mind have you ever um, driven down the road and and you've rehearsed things in your mind well if they say this I'll say that if they do this I'll do that we've all been there and so I can imagine Peter being on his journey uh, back to uh, Jerusalem and he rehearsing these things in his mind knowing that he's going to meet a contentious people he's going to be up against a rowdy raucous crowd that's going to be ready to, to probably stone him or, or cast him out of the church. And so he had rehearsed this thing in his mind and expounded it by order unto them, saying... And then this is where Peter begins to recall the events that happened. He says, Hey, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, a certain vessel descend, as it had been a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even to me, upon the which when I had fastened my eyes, I considered and saw four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. But I said, No... Or not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered into my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven What God hath cleansed that call not thou common? And this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. And behold, immediately there were three men already come into the house where I was sent from Caesarea unto me. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. This is something that I find intriguing here in verse number 12. Where it says that there were six brethren that accompanied Peter. I find that amazing that Peter did not go and do this alone. That he didn't witness this alone. That he wasn't put in this environment alone. But he had witnesses. Because could you imagine Peter uh, trying to tell all that happened. And trying to recount everything that happened and it's literally just his word and his word alone. The questions that were asked to him. The, the, Peter was probably put on trial here by these people in Jerusalem. How did it happen? When did it happen? Are you sure? But he wasn't in it alone. There were six witnesses to this that could testify that what Peter is saying is actually true. It actually did happen this way. To me, that is the wisdom of the Holy Ghost that, that God wouldn't just send Peter into a hostile situation by himself, but he had some brothers in arms that were with him. And we can take solace in that and know that God will not send us into hostile situations alone, whether he be with us or whether he send a brother and sister to walk through the situation with us. I just found that pretty intriguing to me. Brother BJ, would you help me read Starting at verse number 13, I'm going to let you read a little bit there. Alright, stop right there. Peter said, hey, as I begin to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them. As on us at the beginning. What do you think Peter was saying there? The Holy Ghost fell on them like it did us at the beginning. (laughs) Drunken as you suppose. Bringing to their remembrance, do you remember when the Holy Ghost fell upon us? It it was like what? Cloven tongues as a fire. The Holy Ghost came. It was like a rushing mighty wind. That house filled a hall where they were sitting. And they all began to what? speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. He was saying, hey, it fell on them just like it did us that very first time. And again, we see that the Bible, God, is telling them a pattern, a way in which to be saved, a way in which a person is filled with the Holy Ghost. All right, Brother B.J., carry on verse number 16. All right, stop right there. What I think is amazing is that God sometimes will give a word and time, situations, circumstances uh, happen and that word that God gave us can be buried. Through all of those time, distance, situations, circumstances, all of that just piles up on the word of God. But then in a moment's notice, in just an instant, that word can be recalled to our mind. And we can say, oh yeah, this is that. And so what did Jesus tell them in Acts 1 and 5? He said, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And in verse number 16, Peter says, I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Some some of us can remember that first time that God gave us a word and we didn't understand it for anything in the world. But you let time, distance situations begin to play out in our life and God can recall that word that he gave to us and it's like a light that goes off in our mind that we say, I understand it now. And Peter said, hey, I remembered the word of the Lord. How he said, hey, John did in.'" baptized with water but I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost that is my Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and it's going to be on you but not only on you but it's going to be in you amen that's amazing how that works alright brother BJ carry on with verse number 17 right there That's Peter's argument. He's like, hey, who am I that I can stand against God? I didn't do any of this. You know that I've been taught the law since I was old enough to to hear and understand. You know that this has been drilled in me, driven in me, that this has been my mindset from the very beginning. But who am I to oppose the workings of God? We can't oppose or stand against the workings of the Holy Ghost. Where are Peter saying, hey, I'm just a man, a mere human. Who am I to, to tell God how to do this? Who am I to tell God how to build his church? A lot of times we don't understand. We have questions because we're humans. But at the end of the day, we have to just say, who am I? Who am I to stand against God and to oppose the way that he would do it? Do I wish that it had come about in a different manner? Absolutely. If it were me, would I have opened a different door? Probably so. But who am I to try to make all of this happen? This was God. This wasn't me. I like how Peter is trying to shift the blame. Hey, don't put it on me. Put your stones down. If if you have a grievance, take it up with God because I didn't do this. This was a God thing. All right, Brother BJ, pick up at verse number 18, if you will. I love that all of this happened it wasn't me this was a God thing who am I to oppose God hey all this has taken place and I remembered what God said it didn't make sense to me then it makes sense to me now and you've just got to believe you got to receive you got to step out in faith and just understand that hey this is a God thing that God has also given to the Gentiles repentance unto life aren't you thankful that God opened up that door for you and me that we could receive what he had for us I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost as Peter said repentance unto life I'm thankful for repentance unto life that 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 I someone told me hey you can repent and God will forgive. You can be baptized, and God will make you new. Hey, you can be filled with His Holy Spirit, and God will resurrect you from the dead in sin. I'm thankful for that. And so Peter, we find that hey, he comes back. God's opened this door, done this miraculous thing. He's come back from from uh, Caesarea from from uh, Cornelius's house. He's he's come back from what this amazing thing that God's done he's met a hostile people that were that were contending and and angry and were upset and he he recalls exactly what happened and says hey this was a God thing this was a God thing and then we find that the the Bible kind of here in this this chapter number 11 that The Bible kind of takes a turn here at verse number 19. Will you read that for me, Brother BJ? Denise? Alright, stop right there. So we talked about this a few Sundays ago about how this we we don't we just when it's happening when it's happening we just we don't understand why why is this taking place why is this transpiring in my life why is it that I'm having to go through this why is it that this pain and and this frustration is taking place and we can't when we're in the middle of it we oftentimes can't. Uh, understand it. We don't. We don't understand it. So you picture in your mind that you've got Stephen, who is literally on his hands and his knees, and he's being what? He's being stoned to death. And and he probably couldn't understand it while it was taking place. The observers around probably couldn't understand it while it was taking place. Those first believers. The apostles, they couldn't understand why it, was, why it was taking place. But you see that through his death that the church was scattered abroad. And we talked about it a few weeks ago how in, in my mind you can almost see seeds in God's hand. And you can just see him just scattering it in the wind. And those seeds just strategically landing at various places in the field for there to be a harvest reaped in those areas. And so you see, you fast forward several chapters, and here we are in chapter number 11, and the Bible says, Brother B.J. Ritz says, Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice, And some of these areas that they went to was more than 300 miles away. What would have happened if God had not supernaturally scattered them? Because it was a supernatural work that that happened here as you see this unfolding. What would have happened if God had not scattered them? They may have been content just to stay right where they were at. Preaching to the people that they were comfortable preaching to. Reaching for the people that they were comfortable being around. But God said, no, I'm going to scatter them, and I'm going to push them to various places. And I said it just a few moments ago, but it was a working of the Spirit to move to move geographically and culturally. It was to reach all peoples and all nations, and it was a cultural thing. It was a racial thing, but it was also a geographical thing that I'm going to push people to these various places. You got something, Brother B.J.? That's exactly right. You see this, and to me, going through these uh, lessons for the last couple of months through the book of Acts, it's like dots are getting connected that I previously hadn't seen, but you see the working of God, and it's so amazing how God can work beyond uh, our comprehension. That God does not work in accidents, That God is not caught off guard with anything, but there is a reason and a purpose with everything that God does. Even in the midst of bad situations, God can use those situations for His glory to bring about His purpose and His plan. All right, brother BJ, I'm going to get you to continue reading. Twenty-three. Amen. It's so amazing to me that these people were so mission minded. They were so focused on the spreading of the gospel that they were they were uh, that they spent their time their their time their efforts their energies their their means was all directed towards the gospel and the spreading of the gospel. I'm thankful for the working of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for what God has done, is doing, and what He is going to do. When I when I personally when I read the Bible, and I and I study it and go through things, I I, I try to apply that to my own life because the Scripture was given to us for an example, and I just believe that it's for us to apply to our life. It's a roadmap, a compass. It's what guides us it's that that light into our path it's it's what illuminates the path for for us to take and so i i read this and i and i reading and going through this chapter 11 i just see the working of god and how god can work in bad situations that in the darkness god has a purpose and a plan and how the the grace of god and the mercy of god is for everyone It's not just for a select chosen few. It's not for who we deem is necessary or worthy of it. But it's for everyone. It's for everyone. And I'm thankful for that. I'm so thankful that the love of God is unconditional. That I didn't have to be a certain person. I didn't have to be in a certain class of people. That I didn't have to be of a certain race or of a certain nation. But that the Spirit of God was for everyone and is for everyone. Even me. Even you. Even you. Even the people in this city and in this community and in this state and in this country and those that aren't of this country, those that are uh, in New Zealand, those that are in Brazil, those that are in Africa, those that are in South America, those that are in the Philippines, all over, even those that are in Canada, the the Spirit of God, forgiveness and remission of sins, the plan of salvation, the infilling of the Holy Ghost is for everyone and I'm thankful for that. It's amazing the work of the Holy Ghost. It's amazing the work of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for Peter's boldness. I'm thankful for his courage. I'm thankful that he was willing to go to a place that that he was not supposed to be at. But God said, hey, I want to send you here. I want you to do this. As I get ready to close, there is something that I find interesting. The Holy Ghost can change people's personality. Did you know that? The Holy Ghost can change people's personality. We find this here in chapter 11 evident in Peter's life because when you read the Peter of the Gospels, you find someone that was, uh, help me out, Brother BJ, what's a good word to describe Peter? He was um, bold. He was combative. That's a good word, impulsive. He was combative. He was... Take charge. Pick up the sword. Cut the ear off. You know. Jump out of the boat. Walk on water. You know. Uh, Yeah, that's exactly right. And you find this Peter, but then you see him becoming the Peter of Acts, and he's the one that uh, he's filled with the Holy Ghost. He preaches the the Book of Acts. He or um, he preaches the uh, the Upper Room message, if you will, the Holy Ghost message. Uh, and you find this transition taking place in his life. And then you find in Acts 11, I found it interesting reading this, that, that there's people that are being contentious. The, the Bible uses the word contend. They contended. They, they opposed him and, and were fighting for their point of view. And, and you don't see Peter fighting back. He's not picking up a sword, if you will. He's not running after them, but he's just simply expounding to them what the Holy Ghost did. And I just kind of found that little nugget amazing. that The Holy Ghost, I've seen the Holy Ghost change people's life and their whole personality and demeanor and the way that they walk and talk and act and live is completely changed. And You find this even in Peter's life. So I think there's hope for me that God can make me not be so combative. Amen. Amen. There's hope for me. Stand with me this morning. Does anybody have any comments that they'd like to to make? Any observations? exactly right you find him no longer denying but being willing to be persecuted and thrown in prison amen that's another great point of a personality change amen amen let's go to prayer mighty god we thank you for our time together that you've blessed us with thank you for your word and what you have shown us what you have given to us what you have delivered to us lord we're so grateful for you the working of your spirit i pray god that you would help us to live out your will for our life, God. In your mighty name, Jesus, amen.